You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is your faithful editor and host here today with a little bit more Lenten preparation for all of you who are thinking, how on earth is Lent coming up so quickly? Well, it is, but we're here to help. And here really to help us is a fascinating Renaissance man from Canada, Mr. Alan Smith. Alan is the editor of Cries is Jesus from the Cross, which is an anthology of Fulton Sheen's writings about the seven last words of Jesus. It's the perfect Lenten retreat for you if you can't get to a regular one. And speaking of retreats, Alan also is a retreat director. He's a writer, radio host. He's also the creator of BishopSheenToday.com and the founder of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada. I mentioned he's a Renaissance man because by trade he's a pipe fitter, plumber, he can fix a house and also lead you to Fulton Sheen to help fix your soul. So he's an all-around great guy to have. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. Michael, thanks for having me on Catholic Exchange. It's uh, great to be here, and uh, thank you for your enthusiasm about uh, the talents that God has given me to be this Renaissance man of, you know, as you said, uh, <laughs> a pipe fitter. They call me the pipe padre. So, uh, oh, you wow. know, it's, That's great. <laughs> it's kind of that it's this you know this man who is on the radio talking about Fulton Sheen and sharing the the rosary and stuff so the pipe padre is what uh, you you can you can call me the pipe padre if you want during this interview <laughs> but Al is fine too I'm good Okay okay well I mean and it makes sense Fulton Sheen seems like my grandfather who was as working class Irish as it got he loved watching Fulton Sheen and I've always been impressed that Sheen, you know, had his PhD. He was very well educated, but he always appealed to the workers in North America as well. Just, uh, I know this has nothing to do with your anthology, but why do you think that is with Fulton Sheen? Well, he, he spoke to the heart and, mm. you know, he just had these kind, uh, trusting eyes. I mean, there were eyes that could look into your soul, but I think when you looked him, looked at him on the, on the television screen, you just said, you know what? He's my friend. He's not here to uh you know put a beating on me he's not here to make me <laughs> feel uncomfortable you know he's here to to just guide me through I, I i always remember the best um saying of a priest someone told me a priest is someone who brings jesus to the people and then helps bring the people to jesus mm. and I, I really felt that with fulton sheen that he was bringing me jesus but he was also helping me to come closer to jesus and so I could trust him, either listening to him on the radio or watching him on television. He just uh, had that warmth, and he was that parish priest that you say, I'm comfortable listening to him tell me how to get closer to Jesus. So, And I think that's why he, uh, he was well-received by millions each week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he came in, and it was what's beautiful. It's a beautiful environment in that you could always turn him off if you wanted to, you know. I think sometimes when you're uh, at church, you just can't walk out, you know. You have to stay there. And uh, yes. But again, people didn't turn him off. People listened to the very end. And um, I hear stories all the time of people, uh, you know, I call it our mature audience. Those uh, people that are over 60 would say, Oh, mm -hmm. I remember the teacher used to ask me, uh, they'd quiz us, um, you know, what did Fulton Sheen say uh, on television? Um, what did he what did he talk about? So uh, it was kind of the coffee cooler, the Monday morning, um, uh, you know, I say coffee cooler, I should say water cooler. I got coffee yeah. on mine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a great conversation starter on Monday morning, you know, talking about Fulton Sheen. What brought you to Fulton Sheen initially? 
Well, it was a God incident, as we always say, those God incidents. I, I was dropping my daughter off to a Catholic college, Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College up in Barry's Bay, Ontario. And uh, first day of school, just making sure that she was settled into her dorm. And my wife was spending time at the library, and they had a bunch of free books they were giving away because they were trying to make room for the new editions. Mm-hmm. And so she picked up four or five Bishop Sheen books that... Um, you know, were tattered and old, but uh, still, she saw the word free, and she picked them up, and and we opened up one of those books together, and it was Fulton Sheen's uh, book, uh, Peace of Soul, uh, mm. 1949, New York bestsellers list, and the first line of that book was, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And I, I just uh, went, wow, uh, this is powerful. Unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. Who talks this language anymore about saving souls? And um, I just knew right away. I said, I, I like what I'm reading. And uh, so I came home and I said to my wife, I said, I want to I want to read some more Fulton Sheen. And so the first book I read was Victory Over Vice, uh, a mm. great little book from 1939. Where I love that book. I think everybody does because he's a, he gently guides us through the seven deadly sins and he gives us the antidote to those sins and uh, with the seven last words. And he was the first priest to make me feel guilty and a sorrow for my sin. Uh, there was something about Sheen's writings that just somehow convicted me to say, you know what, you had something to do with our Lord's crucifixion. Uh, it was your sin that put him on the cross. And uh, somehow I just said, you know what, you're right. And uh, I thought I only had one or two of the deadly sins, but I think I was, had all seven to some degree, okay? <laughs> yeah. um, but because she, he presented our Lord as the antidote and the, of mm-hmm. course, the seven last words, you know, the sin of anger. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, to the sin of gluttony, he says, I thirst. And, and you can just piece it all together. But it was that book that got my attention because Sheen was that priest who as I said, brought me to this point of sorrow to say, uh, you know what, I need to reconcile with God. And uh, I don't know what it was, it was a special grace, but Sheen had the uh, methodology to get into my mind and to get into my heart and to bring Mm -hmm. me closer to Jesus. And so after that book, I just started to read every book I could find on Fulton Sheen that was under 150 pages. I like the small reads, you know. And, sure. uh, but Bishop Sheen has lots of beautiful small books, The Cross and the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. The Way to Happiness, many beautiful small titles. And so he met me where I was at with not wanting these big, big books. But uh, I think I read about 20 of Sheen's titles, like 20 titles. And after that, I just said, you know what, I want to do a bit more. And I've been on the radio in Canada since 2006. And so I went to the radio station where I have my weekly show, and I said, can I do a Bishop Sheen hour? And I secured the rights to his um, recordings, and I started playing Bishop Mm -hmm. Sheen on a public radio station uh, in Canada. And uh, great success. I love it because this, I mean, Fulton Sheen, he loved it too because he's saying, this is what I want to be. I want to be on public radio where it's both Catholic and Protestants and Jews, everybody can listen. And um, I tell you, my phone lines just lit up the first week I went into the radio station, and uh, people thought, he's still alive. Where can I see Fulton Sheen? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
and I had to say, I'm sorry he passed away in 1979, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to be here every week. We're going to keep playing his talks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that show is still running to this day on that station. And um, so, again, just a beautiful God incidence, that one book in the library mm-hmm. at Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College. And it started me on this um, journey with she. So uh, that's where it began. Uh, that's delightful. People always find Fulton Sheen in their own way. I know I, like millions of people, discovered him because his show was on late at night and I had insomnia at the time. And I was like, oh, what's this guy up to? And then I kept watching. So, And I know that's millions of people's stories. Or they find a book at the library. It's always delightful how they find... It's almost like Fulton Sheen is finding them than the other way around. But who knows? Uh, to move on... We have this new book that you so wonderfully put together, Cries of Jesus from the Cross. Why did you compile these sections into this book? Well, you know, I think I wanted to um, I wanted to leave something behind. You know, I think we all kind of say, is there, you know, everybody says, I want to write a book. I want to give uh, mm-hmm. a, a self-help book. And I thought of my three adult children, and I thought, you know, if Bishop Sheen's writings touch my life so much— I want to be able to pass something on to my children. And I know that Bishop Sheen helped my father a great deal, too. And that's another story in itself. But, again, this idea of a priest bringing Jesus to the people and helping bring the people to Jesus, I thought Sheen seems to have this beautiful catechesis where he can speak about the seven last words and put us on what I call a program. Because our spiritual journey is one of you know, successes and failures. You know, we fall and then we have to pick ourselves up and try again. And I realized after analyzing Sheen's many books that he had uh, eight different books on, um, I want to say, spiritual guidance of how to interpret the seven words of Jesus uh, from the cross, the seven last words, and apply them to beatitudes, virtues, sin, um, you know, how to... uh, link, of course, the Blessed Mother to everything. And I thought, you know what? These are components or lessons that I think would lend themselves well to people's spiritual journey. And so that's the reason I thought, you know what? Let's put them all into one anthology because, Mm -hmm. again, there's seven little books. And when you put them together, all of a sudden you realize that you have a catechesis, uh, a spiritual program. So uh, Mm -hmm. Sheen again, is the mastermind. He knew what he was doing. And I had the privilege, of course, of seeing all of his works, you know, his 20 years of radio transcripts, his 30 years of newspaper columns, his 66 books. And when you lay them out on the desk, like almost like a war map, um, you, you start to see, like you're in the war room, you see that Sheen had developed this catechesis many years ago, and as, a, mm-hmm. and as a parish priest, he's saying, hmm, let's see, I have this parish of a couple million people who are going to listen to me every Sunday on the Catholic hour, and I'm going to catechize them year after year after year as if they were my own parish. And uh, so I think of, I'll give you an example. So 1933, mm-hmm. uh, Bishop Sheen's famous Good Friday Address is on the seven last words. And people have seen that book now many times. It takes only an hour to read. But it was his Good Friday Address from 1933. The following year, his Good Friday Address was on the seven last words and the Our Father. And so he attached parts of the Our Father to each one of the seven last words. So he was teaching us the Our Father. 
And then the following year, 1930, well, I just say two years after that, 1936, he gave seven reflections on the Mass, and he called it Calvary and the Mass. And he thought, again, the confidior, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And he took the parts of mm-hmm. the Mass and put it again to the cross and our Lord's Passion and the Seven Last Words. And so you could see he's teaching us the Our Father, he's teaching us the Seven Last Words, he's teaching us the Mass, and then he goes into the lesson plan of teaching us the Beatitudes. And so in 1937, he gave seven reflections over Lent about seven Beatitudes and linking them to the seven last words. And he was giving us to say, you know, follow the imitation of Christ. You know, when in the first word he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Well, our Lord was meek, and we need to follow that example of him. And, you know, he continued week after week just uh, teaching another beatitude and another beatitude. But he was working and coaching us and saying, imitate Jesus. And, you know, I think it's this idea of he knew we needed something. We needed encouragement. And so he's saying, try this. Try the Beatitudes this year. And then he would leave us for a year and come back again and give us Lenten reflections. And then (laughs) 1937, he talked about the sorrows, the rainbow of sorrows, where he talked about unjust suffering. Why pain? Why does the innocent suffer? And and he he helped us understand to say, there's a reason for pain. There's a reason why the innocent suffer. And he tied it again into the, the Lord's passion, his seven last words. Mm-hmm. And he did that year after year after year. And um, I, I unlocked the mystery. It's almost like... Um, I started to see, ah, this is what Fulton Sheen was doing. He was the good parish priest working with his parishioners, which were the listeners, and saying, Mm -hmm. I know you're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs, you're going to ask questions, why, 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 but I'm going to give you something all the time, I'm going to feed you. And uh, this is what I found. So I took seven themes and applied them and put them into the anthology in the order that he gave them. So I didn't have to find and the proper mixing and matching. I just thought if Fulton Sheen had developed this master plan, I was going to lay them out in the order that he gave them. And that's how I did it. And uh, so there's seven uh, actual reflections or f- complete books in the anthology, and they are in, you know, uh, a historical order, 1933 and then 1937 and then 1938. And right up to 1945. And so, um, again, after you review each one of these books, you realize he did have a master plan. He did have a catechesis. And it's only that we can look back now and look at his whole body of work that we see his master plan. He wanted us to come to Jesus. And he did it so beautifully, just touching us with those things that are in our lives, you know, uh, that we need to struggle and understand that sin is our our greatest enemy, but there's ways to counteract that sin. And uh, Sheen reveals that to us so beautifully. Did Sheen ever give an indication of why he wanted to focus so much on the seven last words? Well, here's what I think of. Um, Bishop Sheen in 1979, many people have seen this uh, video. It's called His Last Words. And Archbishop Sheen is there, and he, he says this. He says, You know, this is the 58th consecutive year of me preaching on our Lord's passion, his death and resurrection, 
his 58th consecutive year. And so then you kind of go, but he was only a priest for 60 years. And so he was ordained, ordained in 1919 and died in 1979. And so pretty well, his whole priestly mission, I, I want to say not his whole priestly mission, but a good chunk of it was making sure that he gave addresses on our Lord's Passion. And, you know, the famous uh, crowds that would gather to hear his Good Friday addresses in New York, I mean, four and five and 6,000 people would uh, get tickets to hear his addresses, but 58 consecutive years. And so it says that 62 years was his uh, journey of the daily holy hour. He always preached the holy hour wherever he could. Mm-hmm. And even at the end of all his radio addresses, he would say, you know, do a holy hour, spend a day, spend a time with our Lord. Every day, do a holy hour. And so the holy hour for 62 years, and of course, our Lord's passion, his death and resurrection for 58 years. So that's a pretty long-standing tradition, and uh, it meant something to him. Awesome. Yeah, so I just go on sheer numbers. When he said that, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do my homework and try to see if I can find these 58 reflections that he talked about, and I was able to find a number of them, and I wanted to put the seven best, I thought, into this anthology. So, uh, But sheer oh. numbers, sheer numbers, 58 consecutive years of preaching Christ and Him crucified. It's uh, perfect for Good Friday, but especially with this book coming out, I'm letting our listeners know, and anyone who can get their hands on it, it's a great Lent anthology. But is there a particular way to read it or a reading guide for going through right. with uh, Archbishop Sheen? Yeah, I, I try to. Now, I've developed a reading guide that, um, again, some people will download. It's uh, on the website, the bishopsheentoday.com website. You'll mm-hmm. see the Lenten reading guide there, and you click on it. And I just take people through, again, 10 minutes a day. Um, the book has 49 different meditations. And so the first week, we journey with the Beatitudes. The second week, we uh, talk about sorrow and suffering. Uh, the third week, we talk about the seven deadly sins. And so every day, Sheen will take you on that 10-minute, 15-minute homily that he gave on the Catholic Hour. And so every day, you'll meditate on our Lord's Passion, one of the seven last words. And you can read all seven books, one after another, uh, during the season of Lent. Um, that is kind of the suggested reading guide. Now, many people will just read the book as a Alexio Divina or their little companion where they just feel inspired to say, you know what, I, I want to read about unjust suffering today. I'm, I've got a friend mm-hmm. that's struggling with that. Or I want to uh, you know, read about laziness and I'm struggling with spiritual sloth and so I need some help and some coaching. So they'll just pick the titles that inspire them and they'll read those meditations. Uh, and other people love to do what they call a retreat about each one of the seven last words. And so, for example, Mother Teresa, she loved the words, I thirst, and uh, built mm-hmm. a whole, um, uh, I want to say, spiritual program on it, in that every uh, adoration chapel, every chapel of Mother Teresa's sisters have a picture of our Lord in the, with him on the crucifix and the words, I thirst, beside it because that's where they want to focus the meditation, our Lord thirsting for us. And, of course, we helping him to satiate his thirst by being present to him. But you may want to look at the word I thirst and look at it seven different ways. 
look at it mm-hmm. as a beatitude, as a virtue. Uh, our, our Lady's um, words from that she spoke. Um, so again, there's there's lots of ways you could just spend, you know, time and hours just meditating on the word "I thirst." So again, mm-hmm. seven books in one. You can read the book after book, or you could read about have a retreat with each word from from the cross. Or as I said, you can just use uh, let the Holy Spirit inspire you to just pick a meditation here, a meditation there. So I always say three ways to read the book, but uh, again, just nice to have Sheen's writings all in one anthology, which is perfect. As we're getting ready for Lent, there's always one group that I think gets left out, and those are the people who somehow, and I'm including myself in this, absolutely, but you start Lent with all the right intentions. You're going to do this retreat. You're going to give up this. You're going to do these prayers. Suddenly, it's a week and a half, two weeks away from Easter, and you've done very little of what you set out to do. Is there a way this book can be used to kind of rescue your Lent in that way? Yes, yes. Like, I I always think of what is Lent, and, you know, when they put the ashes on our head, the priest usually either says, uh, he says one of two things. He says, you know, from ash to ash, you know, ashes to ashes, you know, (laughs) again, I'm kind of lost for words, but, you know, of course, to dust you shall return, right? And but another form that they say is they say, repent and believe the good news. And so that those words alone, repent of your sins and believe the good news. And I, I try to encourage people to say, try to tackle your sin. Try to just really, you know, you want to have a good holy confession during Lent. But really start to look at the sins in your life and uh, spend some time just being honest and Read, if you only could read, say, one or two reflections from the book, I say spend time on the seven deadly sins, that whole victory over vice. I always say the third meditations from each chapter and really just learn about sin and its effect of how it uh, caused our Lord to go to the cross. And then, of course, the remedy for the seven deadly sins is to, I like to say, practice virtue. And uh, again, all the virtues are laid out as a remedy and to practice the beatitude. So I always just say, you know, three out of the seven books, if you kind of have lost track, if you kind of got behind on your reading, spend time just turning away from your sin and amending your life. And, you know, we always say, I want to be good. I want to be good. How do I be good? Well, (laughs) how you be good is practice the beatitudes, practice virtue and you'll be good, okay? So um, so the, I always say the cold notes, I always say go to these three. Go to, the, again, the seven deadly sins, go to the virtues, go to the beatitudes, and you'll be safe. You'll have a, you'll, it's only, you know, 21 of the 49 meditations, but you'll at least recover and have something because that's what you really want to do is you want to give your will to our Lord and uh, mm-hmm. turn turn your life around. And that's what Sheen can do. So, uh, again, I don't know if that answers your question, Michael. Certainly does. Uh, follow up to that, though, is we talk about confronting our sin, and that's really what Lent is about. But how does the writings of Fulton Sheen help us to really look at our sins instead of just because we hear it every Sunday about, you know, our sins. But how does he help us to get to the heart of them? Right. Well, I think what Fulton Sheen did so well is he's saying, you know what? Stop. It's that one scripture about, um, you know, the log in your own eye versus the log in and he's saying you know you have to look at yourself and just realize god has forgiven you of such a great sin like you you know you can get you can pick at your neighbor's sin and find all his faults 
but you have to start realizing to say, you know, the Lord has forgiven you of even a greater sin. And so he really does uh, put us, um, I, I think he humbles us, but he gets us to say, stop looking at everybody else. Start looking inside at you and spend some time. And, uh, you know, he really tackles pride so beautifully in this book. You know, there's intellectual pride, there's uh, social pride, mm-hmm. and there's financial pride. But I love, you know, Fulton Sheen would say, you know, why are you so proud? You know, like chemically, he said, chemically, you know, there's probably seven bars of soap in you. Uh, there's enough phosphorus to make 2,000 matches, a little bit of magnesium, <laughs> um, two lumps of sugar. You know, chemically, you're worth about $4.73. Like, like, <laughs> why? Why are you so proud? You know, like, you know, and but your your soul is worth everything, right? But, you mm-hmm. know, he really wanted us to be humble. And, you know, I always say he, he really does, um, I like to say, brings us to the Blessed Mother. Uh, think of that word, of course, woman, behold your son, and to the apostle he loved, behold your mother. Um, he really shows me, I mean, he showed me and he shows literally everyone just how much our Blessed Mother loves us. She's here to help us. And you know what? We suffered, we, we caused her to suffer, that her son died on the cross because of our sins. And I encourage people to possibly even apologize to her. <laughs> and um, it's a great little thing to to come to the Blessed Mother and say, you know, uh, I'm sorry for what I did to your son and I realized that you formed him. Like, I want to become a Christian. I want to become a better, um, you know, follower of Christ. And she formed Christ for 30 years. Uh, who better to form us but the Blessed Mother? So go to her. And that's what Fulton Sheen wrote so beautifully, to go to Mary. You, you know, look to her as your mother, and she will help you. She helped a mother of the new church, uh, the apostles, of course, our Lord uh, you know, uh, again, died and rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and the Blessed Mother mothered the new church, and she she continued to love them and help them and teach them. So we need to go to her too. So I always say part of my Lenten journey is to try to draw closer to the Blessed Mother and reconcile with her and develop to heal those wounds. And um, I don't know if I'm making mm-hmm. sense, but... Uh, yes, yeah. Um I do know from Fulton she's writing that Mary comes up a lot, especially when we're talking about the crucifixion and the seven last words. Uh, can you go into a little bit more of Mary's place in the seven last words? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I always say she was there as like, you know, she, she's, she's always there. I mean, she was there in Bethlehem. She was there in Nazareth. She was there. <laughs> she's always there at Cana. She's always there. So the Blessed Mother's always there. And I love who she brought. I mean, mm-hmm. I always I give I give one talk at men's conferences called you know at the foot of the cross where have all the men gone? <laughs> you know, where are the men? Right? And and again, it's a little bit of a story because even in the church today, sometimes you always say where are the men? You know, but uh, but I think of the Blessed Mother how she brought John. You know, and I kind of always think of Saint John. Maybe he wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for her encouraging him to be there by her side. Uh, because I know that, you know, on Good Friday, of course, um, uh, of course, when um, our Lord was taken into custody, he would have gone to her and said, you know, they have the Lord. They have him in custody. And she would have said, stay with me, stay with me, be by my side. But he brought John to the foot of the cross. And who else was there was Magdalene. And of course, this converted prostitute. So 
I look at who Mary brought at the foot of the cross and who's with her. And so we can all learn from both John and Magdalene, uh, these beautiful, beautiful witnesses, you know, they really are. Mm-hmm. And she strengthened them. But she's there at the foot of the cross to bring all of us. And, you know, I think she says, just like our Lord, I forgive you, I love you, you're mine, you're my children. And, you know, Christ was her firstborn. But at the foot of the cross, when our Lord said, woman, behold your son and behold your mother, we became children of Mary. At that point, we became her children through spiritual adoption. Our Lord being the firstborn, John being the second, and you and me being the millionth born. Uh, she, mm-hmm. she is our mother, and we can't forget that. And I think this is what we have to remind everyone, that she is our mother, and Christ gave her as a gift to us uh, to, uh, to help us. And uh, again, a lot of times we ignore the gift. But I always say she's the perfect protective custody if you are like St. John and you bring her into your home. You know, at the foot of the cross, they left. Um, you know, they buried our Lord. And then Mary went to live with St. John. If we took Mary into our home and gave her a spot in our home and, you know, truly lived that she was with us, we would amend our lives. Can you imagine if you said, hey, uh, who lives at your house? Well, the Blessed Mother lives with me. <laughs> I'm going <gonna> be, <laughs> to behave. I'm going to behave. Yeah. Uh, when I'm on the internet, I'm going to behave. When I'm having friends over, I'm going to behave because the Blessed Mother is with me. And so uh, she is great. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I mm-hmm. joke and have this, but I, in a way I'm serious too because I think this is what Sheen did. He said, you need her in your life. You need to appreciate her and she loves you, and go to her, you know. And so uh, I think he leads by example, and he does it in his writings. You, you read the anthology, and you will see this mm-hmm. great love story of how Sheen loves the Blessed Mother and points to her as a great example, and uh, she imitates our Lord, and uh, she is faithful. So uh, lots to learn there, lots to learn there. Absolutely, and I think also... Yeah, she imitates the Lord and can kind of be that step to show us how to be more like the Lord, which can, it always seems like an insurmountable task, yes. to say the least. True, true. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the gems or surprises you found when creating this anthology. Right. Well, you know, people are always, uh, you know, they need hope, they need encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I try to say to people, you know, there's so many encouraging words uh, in this anthology and, you know, I think sometimes on radio and the Internet, we're kind of a numbers uh, type of people. We're always saying, you know, how are we doing with our numbers, yep. our reach? And I always think of this one beautiful um, passage in the book that Sheen shares about, um, and it's, it's from the Beatitude, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. And Sheen just says this. He goes, let me share with you a little numbers game. He says, just imagine that, uh, Al Smith was the only person who really believed uh, in the church, and uh, he was able to convert one soul. He converted Michael Lichens to uh, the church and to Christ. And those two, Alan and Michael, went out, and they each converted a soul at the end of the year. And then those souls, they converted another set of souls. So it's just a simple multiplication where we just, every year, we do this doubling effect. And then Sheen says, he says, you know, at the end of three years, there would be eight converts. Now, how many would there be from this one zealous believer 
at the end of only 30 years. At the communion rails of the church, at the end of the 30th year, there would be 1,073,741,824,000 souls breaking their fast with the bread of life. And I just go, and that's the simple math. And I think everybody today is, after we, uh, this interview's over, they're going to go in their calculators and they're going to do the math and go, you know, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. And you do the multiplication. So after 30 years, there'd be 1 billion souls. Have that confidence. Mm-hmm. We've lost our zeal of sharing the faith. But if we would just pick up our zeal once again and just realize, I just need to try to convert one, bring one soul to Christ and let the multiplication effect, the, the math take place. Again, within 30 years, we could have a billion new Catholics, uh, you know, breaking their fast and uh, receiving the Eucharist. So, again, if just that one soul is faithful and he just keeps trying his best. So, uh, again, a numbers game. So, that one always, that's a sheen gem in the book. Uh, again, if you're thinking of numbers, just look to that. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of changes. I could, <laughs> there's oh, yes. so many of them, but that was one. And, um, you know, of course, there's um, the one on gluttony that I love, and he always talks mm-hmm. about he, the one famous line that he says. He says, there's more health clubs in America than there is spiritual retreat houses. And uh, it's so true. And he wrote that in 1939. There's more health clubs oh, my gosh. than there is spiritual retreat houses. And, uh, you know, he said something. He said, Everybody loves to work out one to two hours a day. But if I ask you to spend five minutes on your knees in prayer, it's like, you mm-hmm. know, it's just this disaster. And so he really convicts us when he says, you know, men are spending more time on their bodies than they are their souls. And the amount of Oish. money that we're spending on this stuff and the poor is suffering. So, um, again, these little, little notes where he pricks our conscience and uh, just he straightens us out. So um, lots of things. So uh, this is where the conversion comes. Sheen shames us in a nice way. He really does. Uh, he pricks our he pricks our conscience, as every good priest should. <laughs> as there, yeah, oh yeah. If we all need to work on something and all that. Note, what is some good advice that you've had? I mean, you've done retreats for many years. Oh, what's some good advice as we're about to enter Lent? How would you say is a great way for someone to start preparing for that? Right. Yeah, I think what I try to do is I say to people, um, find the crucifix. Find a crucifix. Um, you know, I, I when I give a parish retreat, the first talk I give is I say, where's the cross in your life? And I, mm-hmm. what I mean a lot of times is where are the crucifixes in your home, in your office, in your place of business, um, you know, the crucifix has been taken down. Um, there is a lot of pressure in society to remove the crucifix because some people find it offensive. Uh, because Fulton Sheen wrote, he says, you can have a statue of the Buddha in your garden, you can have a picture of the Sphinx or mm-hmm. Niagara Falls, and you're, you're not really moved. But if you put a crucifix on your, day, on your desk for three days, put a, cruci- mm-hmm. yeah, put a crucifix on your desk for three days, it will change you. It will affect you because you realize it convicts you and you had something to do with it. And so I get people to find the crucifix. Find the crucifix and start to meditate with the crucifix. I want to reintroduce this devotion where 
we can look at the crucifix just like the saints did. We always see the pictures of all the saints. Mm-hmm. They're holding a crucifix. And I think of those beautiful words of St. Thomas Aquinas. It's the very first line in the book. And St. Thomas Aquinas said, I've learned more from the crucifix than any of my books. I've learned hmm. more from the crucifix than any of my books. So I get people to find their crucifix. So I, I say to mm-hmm. them, if I gave you $100 for everyone to come back to the next day at the parish mission with a crucifix, they'd all find them. <laughs> they'd all find them. You know, But find your crucifix and and put it in your pocket. Put it on your desk. Um, mm-hmm. re- reintroduce the crucifix into your life. So this Lent, I say to people, get your crucifixes out. Put them everywhere. Go buy them if you have to. You can buy a nice crucifix for a few dollars. But yes. start looking at the crucifix. Start gazing upon our Lord and his love for you, that he died on the cross for you, and thank him for dying for you. Thank him. Kiss your crucifix. Thank him every day for dying on the cross for you. And that's where I begin. I begin with the crucifix. And I say we need to reintroduce this devotion, this devotion to the crucifix. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking about the seven last words and what our Lord said on Mount Calvary. So uh, that's my beginner. That's what I try to do. And if that alone, that sometimes is a catechesis all in itself, just looking upon the Lord. And uh, it's amazing. It melts hearts. It really does. Because then you see God's mm-hmm. great love for you, that he died for you. He laid down his life for you. And uh, so, again, a beautiful, a beautiful practice to have a devotion to the crucifix. And that's that's where I begin. That's beautiful and exactly a great place to start. That may seem very simple to a lot of people, but I keep icons around me and use them for my meditation. And I'll tell folks, within a week, you start to notice a difference in how your brain jumps to things and it's a lovely way to go about Lent. And now we're out of time here. So to tell us a little bit more about you, Alan, where can people learn about you and your new book, Rise of Jesus from the Cross? Right. Well, the book is published by Sophia Institute Press. And so mm-hmm. you can order the book online uh, through Sophia Institute Press. And uh, I always say, you know, salvation is free. Uh, but for under $20, you can have maintenance. It's a great maintenance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, salvation's free, but maintenance will cost you just a few dollars. But uh, again, Sophia has a great selection of books and not only The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, but other great titles. So uh, you'll find The Cries of Jesus from Cross from Sophia Institute Press. And people can find me and more writings of Fulton Sheen on my website. And it's simply bishopsheentoday.com. And so it's mm-hmm. easy to remember, we need Bishop Sheen today. So bishopsheentoday.com. And there I have hundreds of uh, radio broadcasts. I have 100 YouTube videos, uh, uh, downloadable books uh, from his uh, transcripts, from his um, radio addresses. There's all kinds of things to listen to Sheen, watch Sheen, uh, read Sheen. So bishopsheentoday.com is where you can find Sheen and find me. And uh, maybe that's, uh, again, your your Lenten practice is to watch some Sheen videos and read the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. And not a bad self-guided Lenten retreat. And we'll put links to all of that on CatholicExchange.com, including to the retreat guide from BishopSheenToday.com. It's a very helpful one if you want to follow along with this book. And I do highly recommend it, as I recommend all of Sheen's readings. So yeah, it has the full Michael Litchens endorsement. And other than that, Alan, I want to thank you so much, not just for coming on here today, this has been a delightful conversation, but really for your passion and for the work you've put into spreading 
Fulton Sheen throughout North America and the world, if while we're at it. It's been a joy, and we can't thank you enough. Well, it's been my pleasure. It's been a labor of love, and I know that it makes a difference in people's lives. So, uh, again, uh, go to God, and <laughs> again, Sheen, Sheen will point the way. He is that priest that brings us to Jesus. Um, and so, uh, again, read your Sheen. And uh, thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate it very much. Of course. And for all of you listening at home, if you want to learn more, as I said, I'll put all those links on CatholicExchange.com. If you have any other questions or you think, hey, we should have more Bishop Sheen on your show, Michael, email me, editor at CatholicExchange.com. That's editor at CatholicExchange.com. Other than that, we'll join you folks next week. We'll have a little bit more on Lent throughout the whole Lenten season, but this is a fantastic place to start. God love you all. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>